I'm Lake Miller. And I'm Emily Cunningham. And I'm Anthony Pettiford. Welcome to Gym City Diversity, a podcast where we talk about diversity and inclusion in the Dayton area. We're from the National Conference for Community and Justice of Greater Dayton, or NCCJ. NCCJ works in the Miami Valley to increase understanding around the topics of diversity and inclusion. So today's topic, we are going to be talking about the origins of the phrase Black Lives Matter and where that movement came from. Now, Anthony and Emily, do you all want to take a guess as to when you think that that phrase was first introduced? I'm guessing it took place, it wasn't Michael Brown. Was it? Was it Michael Brown that it took place after? Nope. It was the. It was around 2013, like Ferguson. Yeah, exactly. So, in fact, the first time that this hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter, was used was July 13th, 2013. And it was first used after Trayvon Martin's murder in kind of response to the acquittal of George Zimmerman, who was the individual who killed Trayvon Martin. Um, so that's when this kind of first came about. And it's attributed to three, and their websites say, quote, three radical black organizers, Alicia Garza, Patrice Coolers, and Opal Tometi, who were these organizers who kind of coined this phrase, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And I apologize if I, if I messed up on those names. But so they kind of started using that. And, and as we look at the history, there was a study that was done by Pew Research, and I found this to be pretty interesting. In the 10-year history in 2016 of Twitter, Hashtag Ferguson was actually the most used hashtag like in the platform's history, which I thought that was actually pretty amazing. Now, number three was Black Lives Matter. So right after the Ferguson hashtag. So clearly, I think through this research, we saw that social media was really a platform where a lot of people were advocating and a lot of people were talking about these different social issues. So let's talk about when this hashtag has been used. So since 2013, there's been a lot of spikes. And as we can probably assume, most of these spikes came around things that were police killings, killings of unarmed black uh, men. So several Even abuse. Yeah, Any abuse. Right. So several things I want to point out. And some of these are actually positive as well. Um, Tamir Rice was killed by police in 2014. A spike came after that killing. In 2015, a shooting at a Charleston, South Carolina church killed nine individuals that spiked the hashtag use of hashtag Black Lives Matter. Um, in 2015, this one I thought was pretty interesting, Bernie Sanders defended the Black Lives Matter movement, and this caused a huge spike in the use of hashtag Black Lives Matter as a major political candidate was using that hashtag as well and somewhat normalizing it. And then as we're kind of looking at today's current climate, we can certainly expect that after the murder of George Floyd, there will be a spike that follows as well. So I think what the trend showed that was pretty interesting was kind of the, the really jagged structure of when this hashtag was used. And honestly, it surprised me. I didn't expect it to be some months the hashtag is barely used. And then after these really horrific events, the hashtag was used a lot. And I think it's clear that anytime there's some sort of major event that that's going to happen, there's going to be an uptick. But the scale at which that happens was really severe, which I think to me brings up the interesting point of like, a movement versus a moment. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people have treated this as if it is a moment, as if responding to George Floyd's murder is one thing versus this is not 
a reactionary movement. This is not a movement that should be this horrific thing happened. We're going to talk about it for a few weeks. And then those hashtags and those shares and those actions are going to dwindle. It should be, you know, this is something that we're talking about all the time. And the hashtag should be frequently used throughout the year and in, in the midst of good things and in the midst of bad things and in the midst of just this is a regular September type of times. The year following the formation of the Black Lives Matter hashtag, Say Her Name, that hashtag was formed in 2014 by Kimberly Crenshaw in response to women, like their stories being buried and ignored in the same situations as black men have been killed. Yeah, and I, I think it's really interesting, you know, through social media, it's so easy to to highlight these individuals. And I love the say their name thing. I think too often we hear the murderer, the bad guy's story and see their photo on social media. And like um, we've seen, especially, you know, through George Floyd and, and these other recent horrific murders, um, how important it is to highlight that person. And in the end, yeah. they're the person that was lost. I mean, what's behind that name and i guess with mainstream media how much do you how much do you know just by simply pressing retweet but a lot of the scary thing that comes with women of color who are brutalized by the police and when these movements come up are that men are videotaped women aren't Breonna taylor was no videotape of what happened i i forget her name in cincinnati all we had was the dash cam footage and then footage from the prison before she passed away but there were no one's filming when the brutality happens for women as they are for men. So say her name is just their way of saying, because Black Lives Matter, you can lead and link to the video. You can hold that up and people can get rallied behind the video and the evidence of it. Whereas women, you're not seeing it. You have to hear it. Mm-hmm. So let's shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk more specifically about Dayton's history with the Black Lives Matter movement. And more specifically about some recent actions that perhaps you could say are normalizing the Black Lives Matter movement, but also are bringing it to a strong focus in the governance of our community. I want to first talk about on June 16th of this year, 2020, when the Montgomery County Board of County Commissioners passed a resolution that declares racism to be a public health crisis. Right, this bold first step, unfortunately, you know, perhaps late, but it's this first step in saying that racism is an issue that we need to have a strategic plan to solve that this is something going on in our community. There are individuals being oppressed, and we need to think about what steps need to be taken to ensure that our community is an equitable environment. I also want to share a quote by Dayton Mayor Nam Whaley, who said, quote, I believe, and the city of Dayton believes, that black lives matter. Black lives are essential to Dayton. Black people are essential to making Dayton strong. We are committed to making sure that there are structures that actually produce results and improve understanding between police and the residents that they serve. So it's clear that the communities that we live in are, are seeing this as a central concern as well. And I just wanted to highlight that, that quote of the mayor, first of all, because I think it's important to see the city's alignment with these issues. But also I think it's important to point out that city officials, that county officials are using this intentional language as well. I know that we've talked in the past about how a lot of this is a conversation about terms, how people have such a battle between the terms black lives matter, or all lives matter, or blue lives matter. There's a lot of this debate around terminology. And I think it's important that our leaders are using that language, that are, they're reflecting that black lives matter statement. Mm -hmm. So 
briefly, I want to talk about what this means. And actually, I think perhaps a better place to start with what Black Lives Matter means is what it doesn't mean. So Black Lives Matter does not mean and never has meant that all lives do not matter. Black Lives Matter does not mean that only Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter refocuses the attention to the group that is being actively oppressed. So the reason that I bring up the commissioners voting that racism is a public health crisis in Montgomery County is to say that our commission has approved this notion of saying, yes, black lives are being oppressed in our community. It is happening, right? So by saying black lives matter, we're not saying that white lives do not matter. We're saying that there are black lives in our community who are being oppressed, who have systems in place that have held them back, that have you know, we've had redlining that has such a deep history in our community. We've talked about it on our podcast in the past. What this phrase, Black Lives Matter, is saying is like, focus our attention right now on this group that needs healing. Focus our attention on this group that has these things in our history that has made them have a harder time advancing and have a harder time accessing opportunities in our communities. So that's kind of what the statement talks about. And I wanted to briefly mention that on this episode to to kind of talk about this, I think, too often notion that we keep hearing in our society that Black Lives Matter means that some lives don't matter, which yeah. nobody's saying. I often see All Lives Matter used as a logical negation of Black Lives Matter, which just is not is not a logical argument. It is not a true negation of it. Mm-hmm. It's used as a rebuttal, like you said. Yeah, It's what people say in response to it. Uh, like you like you mentioned before, the idea of Black Lives Matter. The terminology is, in a perfect world, you would have said Black Lives Matter too. But that's not what caught flame. It's just like with every other, every other form of uh, hashtag that's going on right now is the idea that it's not, tra- not translated. It's not communicated well. And that's what everyone wants. People want to pick apart the phrase instead of paying attention to the issue. So like you said, you'll see Blue Lives Matter. You'll see All Lives Matter. When you're not supporting that phrase that you're saying, you're just using it to combat what people are saying of Black Lives Matter and to make it seem like something else or twist it. It is only as a rebuttal. Right. Yeah, no one is dying right now and they're saying All Lives Matter. You don't see that. It's just in response. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I do want to talk, and if we can briefly have a conversation about, I think... It's interesting, and you know we've talked a lot about this language and the the difference in language between all lives matter and Black Lives Matter, and you know I think it's frustrating that so much of the debate is stuck on that terminology, and that almost serves as a barrier for them to getting into this work. Oh, I don't want to be attached to that Black Lives Matter movement, right? That's what that, I see that everywhere. People are afraid of that terminology for some reason. And just that simple language for some reason is like somebody built a wall and said like on this side where there's actual action going on, you need to be comfortable saying these things. And for some people, for some people, it's just not something that they're comfortable saying. And I think a lot of that is based on a misconception as to what the term actually means. So shifting gears earlier in the podcast, I mentioned a moment versus a movement, the idea that so often we see these hashtags and, and different different statements talked about after something, traditionally after something horrific has happened. There's certain times it, it may be in rally to something positive, but oftentimes it's in the, the times of something horrific. 
And every time one of these things happens, I think a lot of language that we hear is this time is going to be different or we're going to make sure this doesn't happen again. Right. And that energy, unfortunately, often tapers off. So I guess the question I'd like to pose is, is this time different? Does this moment in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic, a racial pandemic and a health pandemic, does this have the ability to be that moment where Black Lives Matter is no longer a moment, but it is a true movement in mainstream society? It took place at a very interesting time in the country's history. So with COVID-19, people are at home and people are able to dedicate time and energy and thought onto this where normally they aren't. They're focused on work and whatnot. Um, I think that this will take a turn. I know we've said this will, it'll be different. We will, you know, this won't happen again. And it keeps happening because we had to move on. But due to this circumstance, we aren't moving on. Right. We Life have to focus down. on it. Yes. I mentioned to you once that they're talking about forming a Black Lives Matter political party. There is legislation going through. Um, different senators and political figures are taking the movement and using it to make change versus it just being the post that you scroll past. Um, so I'm, I hope it's something different. I think that we're heading in direction that it will be, but, you know, time will tell. Yeah, and I think you know, what, what I see as far as the, the moment versus the movement is Black Lives Matter originally was created as this hashtag Black Lives Matter. It was very much a social initiative that began on our social media. And I think in the last couple of years, but especially recently, that social movement has become much more removed. The social media appearance of it has become much more removed from the center of its focus. And we're now starting to see more political figures who are using that terminology, whether that be local mayors or council people, but also some more national scale, you know, presidential candidates and um, and governors like using that terminology. So to me, that normalization of the Black Lives Matter movement is going to allow it to be more commonplace in our everyday life. Thank you for tuning in to Gym City Diversity. Come back next week as we dive deeper into diversity and inclusion. For more information on NCCJ and diversity within the Miami Valley, visit our website, www.nccjgreaterdayton.org. Make sure to like NCCJ of Greater Dayton on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at nccj underscore of underscore greater underscore Dayton. And follow us on Twitter at nccjdayton.